I wake up in the morning and wash my face with soap that my friend made. I pour myself a cup of coffee that's coffee roasted by someone that I know. Um, every step of my day is built around the people that live here. That's my heart and soul, is that they support my business, I support their their ventures, and it's like a huge collaborative effort. And, that, and I feel like that's step one. It's, um, you know, laying the groundwork within your community um, to create kind of a web of support. This is the Sourdough Podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in the sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. In this largely unedited recording, I invite you to sit down with baker and author Bonnie O'Hara of Alchemy Bread and I in the dining room of her home in Cottage Bakery in Modesto, California. In between the pitter-patter of little feet and a couple late customers, we had a deeply honest and heartfelt conversation about her hard, self-taught journey from checking out bread books at the library to now having her own book resting on the same shelves. She tells us how a debilitating injury refocused her passion for baking and what you should know before starting your own cottage bakery. And one last note, if you want to find out more about the podcast or hear previous episodes, be sure to go to the sourdoughpodcast.com. While you're there, send me your sourdough questions. I'll try to pick one or two questions per episode and submit them to our guest on the air. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and be sure to share your best loves with hashtag sourdoughpodcast and I'll repost my favorites. We need your support, so if you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Without further ado, here's my interview with the amazingly talented and humble Bonnie O'Hara. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed talking with her. All right, well, hi friends, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sourdough Podcast. I am here and excited to be sitting across from Miss Bonnie O'Hara in her <laughs> dining room of her home and cottage bakery. Bonnie is the owner and baker behind Alchemy Bread Company and author of the recently released cookbook entitled uh, Bread Baking for Beginners. Bonnie, thank you so much for having me over. Yeah, thank you for coming over. <laughs> uh, like I said, this is just, it's so cool to be here and... Um, in the middle of your bakery, we got some fresh baked pizza that looks like you just got it from a restaurant. It's beautiful, effortlessly <laughs> made. Um, there's a little bit of flour on the floor. I feel Everywhere. like I'm in the... <laughs> on, on me, on, on every surface. <laughs> uh, I've been following you for um, a while, a couple years maybe on Instagram and we've been connecting here and there the last couple of years um, before I moved to the Central Valley. And, uh, you know, I'd be in town to visit my folks um, for the holidays, and we'd try, I'd try to connect. I'd try to make it out to Modesto, and we missed each other a couple times. Um, but now that I've been here in the Central Valley for about four months, um, actually, you finally just called me out and said, what are you going to come visit you me? Come over here, and yeah. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm coming. So I made it out last weekend. 
and uh, brought my my wife and kids, and we had it was just a great great time. And you <laughs> I'm know, the, so glad the line was around the corner, and um, I was just thinking, like, you know, this is just the opposite of like a supermarket shopping experience. Oh, totally, yeah. And uh, you know, I was talking with the people in front of me and behind me, and I'm new to the area. And I don't know anybody in Modesto, but, you know, by the time I left, you know, I, I talked with a, a recent transplant from Chicago and there's, her young daughter. Oh, yeah. There's so many there's so many people who are new in town and somebody ends up telling them, oh, you're new in town. You want to go meet people? You got to go to Saturday Bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt like, I, you know, by the time I got to the front of the line, I had friends that I, you know... Uh, had met and you know and just yeah. got to know in the line it was and they'll just, remember you when yeah, you come yeah. back too yeah and so <laughs> you know and another funny thing you know just part of the experience was like this all seems really familiar like a little, <laughs> I'm a little weirded out um, that I I it's recognize like deja vu. it is yeah, very because you know vu. when you see all those pictures you know what you know, my window shade looks like and the picnic exactly. benches and my table. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much deja vu, but <laughs> we, we really enjoyed it. We, you know, we went to the farmer's market afterwards and which is just a couple blocks away. And so we just, we really enjoyed it and, you know, glad we finally made it out. Yeah. Um, but so let's talk about your story a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people. We get little glimpses of your of your life and your bakery um, on Instagram, but um, I was wondering maybe if you could just tell us in your own words um, about yourself and how Alchemy Bread Company came to be. Oh, it's a long story, <laughs> but um, I started I started baking um, mostly because. Um, I I quit working like you um, when my second child was born, uh, Gabriel, um, and he's seven now. So, um, a little over eight years ago, I, I quit working so that I could be home with my kids and taking that, uh, financial impact Mm -hmm. meant that I needed to, you know, cut our budget so tightly that, um, and the one place where you can usually cut is groceries. Um, and so what I was trying to do was, um, trying to teach myself to make more things from scratch. Um, and so I, I would, you know, try to make all of our essentials, uh, homemade. And, uh, I ended up realizing, well, we go through a lot of bread. Bread is, you know, four dollars. But I could get this cheap commodity mm-hmm. flour um, for ten cents a pound or something like that. Um, and so I did the math and realized that if I saved up twenty five dollars, I could get a big bag of flour yeah. and make myself bread for the whole month. All I had to do was teach myself how to make bread, and all I was trying to do how was hard could that be? How hard could it be? <laughs> all I was really trying to do was replicate like a sandwich loaf like that you buy at the grocery store in a plastic bag. Um, And so I went to our local library and checked out all the bread books. And um, What year was this? So it was eight years ago, nine years ago. And so, but the thing is, uh, the books in the library 
here in in the Central Valley were a lot of like 80s and 90s uh-huh. published um, books. So I wasn't checking out Tartine cookbook. Mm-hmm. I was checking out um, Nancy Silverton's La Brea Bakery book, mm-hmm. which I still love. Um, like Peter Reinhardt, lots of his stuff. They had a Bread Baker's Apprentice, you know, all those types mm-hmm. of books. And so um, I wasn't doing sourdough. I was just trying to make something to eat. Yeah. Um, and and like like as you say, I went down the rabbit hole and became completely obsessed with bread and trying to make a better bread. And so I was making little sandwich loaves. And then when I got that La Brea Bakery. Um, book it's very sourdough focused Mm -hmm. and so then I started working with um, sourdough because of Nancy Silverton basically and I love there's this thing she says in her book um, she had I think three children also I can't remember maybe two Um, and she says this thing like knead your bread with one hand so your other hand is clean because your kids are going to need something (laughs) Uh and it just like a lot of the other books were written by men who uh-huh. worked in the baking industry. There's no kid pulling mm-hmm. on their shirt sleeves while they're working. And so it just, like, that really resonated in my heart yeah. that, you know, um, someone like me could could pull this off, you okay. know. And so... Um, now, did you have much of a background with food growing I up? I had or? no background with food. Um I had a lot of hamburger helper growing up, you know, which is totally cool. Um, but I didn't have a foodie background at no all. I was bread on your table. No, I was literally teaching myself how to cook everything um, at the wow. age of 22, 24. So I was starting from the very beginning. I didn't even understand how hot a pan needed to be before you put the food in it so that it will actually make good things happen. Um, I was watching YouTube videos of how to dice onions. Um, I watched tons of Food Network. Um, um, Ina Garten, like all those people. I loved watching the Food Network because it's one thing to read recipes, but to watch somebody go, I'm going to turn the pan on and I'm going to let that heat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody tells you that in a cookbook. They assume that you know that at least the pan should be hot with the oil in yeah. it. Um, so I was learning all that stuff and teaching myself um, how to bake, how to cook from scratch, um, kind of how to make everything. I'm sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go tell them. We'll take a... 30-second commercial break Sorry. as she attends the door for some late customers. Hey, I'm sorry. I sold out about an hour ago. Oh, okay. Will you be here next Saturday? I mean, obviously you'll be here, but will you be the open next Saturday? So, um, no, because it's post-Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't have to recover. That makes sense. A day or two. Sure. Um, but most Saturdays after that. How did you... Um, well, I've actually spoken to you before at the farmer's market, and I was 
the cookie lady at the farmer's market told them about me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was sold out at 105, but yeah. You need to do a, a sold out post, like sold out. I used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just forgot today because I was getting a pep talk from Ellen while I was putting pizza in the oven for my kids while a podcast was about to happen. <laughs> I didn't post on social media. Um, yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. So we were just talking about... Oh, learning, learning to cook. Yeah, yeah, learning to cook. And, I, and, and uh, bread isn't the only rabbit hole I ended up going down. I had a pasta thing because I checked out like a Jamie Oliver book uh -huh. and he's really into making pasta by hand. So I just got obsessed with making pasta, but there's only so far, I mean, you know, you get good at making pasta, but there's, you know, there's not another level to it. Like there is with sourdough mm -hmm. and I kind of got this ice cream book and I got obsessed with making ice cream from scratch and I made every kind of ice cream you could think of and a bunch of weird flavors. At this point, were you thinking maybe I'll turn pasta or maybe I'll turn ice cream or bread into a business? Never, never, never. I was never... So I had an art business Okay. at that time. Um, I was a watercolorist and I had a an art business on Etsy. And so teaching myself to cook was to save money uh -huh. and and making art was gonna make how I how I tried to make a little extra income and I was mm -hmm. never, you know, making amazing money selling art because you don't make amazing money selling art usually. Um, but yeah Bread's where all the money's at. It's not there <laughs> it's not there either. I'm sorry to tell you that uh, yeah, it's kind of another way of being an artist. Totally. <laughs> Your supplies are really expensive. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's a rabbit hole you can go down. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, t I taught myself. And I, I was never planning on having a bread business whatsoever. Um, but then I and then I started getting into sourdough. And I, my sourdough was getting better. And all this time I was on this new platform called Instagram that I didn't <laughs> truly understand how it worked. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a nice way to like apply a filter to my pictures of my pasta uh -huh. and my ice cream and my breads. Make your artsy bread look a little Make bit more Make my artsy. awesome tofu stir fry look really good online. <laughs> and so I was just using it for filters. And then I started to realize that people that I didn't know were following me on Instagram. There's it a was, bunch of sourdough heads out there. There was no sourdough heads back then. There was maybe a couple, but it wasn't, there wasn't like a huge bread community in the origin of being on Instagram. Mm. But I did manage to find like a handful of professional bakers who befriended me and would like bestow mm -hmm. nice advice like, oh, you didn't proof that at all, you know, <laughs> helpful, helpful um, things or like, hey, uh, you need to get a scale. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, adding together 16 cups of flour to make a bunch of bread, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So, so you're piecing it together with books and videos and yes, Instagram. Yes, and there was this, um, th I mean, there still is this website called The Fresh Loaf. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I feel like that was the original online kind of place Mm -hmm. to talk about making bread and stuff because you could have like a query and there'd be subheadings or whatever. Um, It's kind of like Reddit almost. I don't know what it's like. Yeah, Yeah. um, I'm not a big internet person, but I would go on there and look Mm -hmm. for things. Um, And so I ended up spending a lot of time on there. Um, And some of those people were people that, and then you would find those people on Instagram. Um, So, uh, yeah, but over time, my breads were getting better and all my like Facebook friends were seeing my pictures of my bread and they were like, well, can I, can I buy that? Uh And I was like, oh, I don't know, like $3 for a loaf of bread. (laughs) You know, it's not that great. Um, And so I ended up just, I would write down a couple people's names and make them some bread. And then they would post it on Facebook. Oh my gosh, I got bread from Bonnie. It's so good. (laughs) And then their friends would go, I want to get bread. And so I would... Um, and, and I like to make people happy. So I would just, you know, of course I'd be happy to make you some bread. So I would, uh, write down on a piece of like, I had a legal pad and I would write down, you know, um, all the names of the people that wanted bread. And at first I would write, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I could make probably like four loaves of bread each day. Um, and so... I would have four people on Monday and then four people on Tuesday and then four and then until, you know, it was filled up. And so then I'd be like, well, I could more people wanted to be on the list. So I was like, I could probably make like six breads a day. Um, And so I would post a picture of this piece of paper on Facebook (laughs) and I'd be like, this is the bread list. It was just like Bonnie's bread list. Um, And my bread was insanely cheap. I was spending all this time making it and it wasn't really as a business. It was just like to accommodate the people that wanted this. Um, and, and I ended up with having this list and the biggest that the list got, I had 64 people on the list for one week of (laughs) bread. Um, and I'm not a good efficient baker I don't even know really what I was doing at the time what what were you baking with at this point I was baking in a Dutch oven in a 1940s gas (laughs) stove so not fast no no and I didn't have enough of anything I don't know it was crazy uh, but Learning I, as you go, you know. Yeah, and so, but then I, I realized that, you know, oh, well, I can offset my flour costs, and then I could, like, each day I'm making myself, like, $20, you know? Like, that's nothing for 16 hours of work mm-hmm. that I was probably yeah. doing, but I was like, I could take this $20, and it will really help my grocery budget. For sure. Um, and I was I was delivering these people their bread on my bicycle, so not only that. would I bake two at a time for all these we hours. Bring it to their doorstep. For five dollars, <laughs> I would bake you a loaf of bread. <laughs> I would pack all the warm bread into my cargo bike. I would put my children in my cargo bike because I didn't have a car. 
and I would ride my bike full of children and bread to your house and hand deliver your bread for a $5 bill. That's a bargain. It's a hell of a deal. I'll tell you right now. And I can't even tell you how much I was sweating. There was like a day that it was raining and I still delivered my bread and we were like biking in the rain and I'm like putting my coat over the bread. <laughs> like I was very dedicated. I did that. And I, oh, and I was pregnant with Leo. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, and also after he was born, he was like a baby in the, in the cargo bike. Um, yeah. And so, uh, I did that for quite some time, um, until I realized that people would have to come and pick up their bread here and that my bread would have to be, um, a little bit more expensive because the demand was so great that I couldn't meet Mm -hmm. it, but also I was working so hard, um, And so that's when, you know, my prices changed. I made a website. Mm -hmm. I had saved up enough of my earnings to be able to pay to get a cottage food license. And yeah, can you, can we talk about the cottage food license a little bit more? Sure. And so this is the point where you're like, okay, this is a thing. This is a thing. I have to like really get organized. I can't write everyone's name down on a legal pad anymore. Like I have to have some kind of plan of what I'm doing with my business. And so what was it about the cottage bakery route that was appealing or what, why did it fit it's you? It's the only the, option. It's the only option. <laughs> I can't afford a quarter of a million dollar bakery. Uh-huh. Uh, I got an oven in my house. It's amazing that the cottage food law had passed. Yeah. Cause it was, um, hasn't always been around in California. No, no. It's, it was fairly, I was watching it pass. Oh, wow. Um, I remember when it was on the thing, and I wasn't considering having a, a business then, but I was interested um, in it. And a lot of people that I, you know, followed on Instagram that were home cooks were, you know, interested mm-hmm. in, in cottage food. Um, so, yeah, that's the only option. I'm home with children. I was able to have a business where I could also you know, be a, be a parent mm-hmm. and have a business and not pay for childcare and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, cottage food was, is the only route for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm lucky that it's, that it's there. <laughs> yeah. I think that that was one of the questions that had come up I, on my Instagram poll was just, you know, the balance of raising a family working all in the same space, you know, your front porch being your, 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 uh, where people line up to buy your food and, you know, your, your kids watching movies in in the back room and you're selling (laughs) bread in the front porch. Usually they're out here coloring with my customers' kids. Today, my youngest, um, had like a cough. So I was letting him, uh, watch a movie so that he wouldn't hack on all my customers kids i think it's because of the the smoke the air because he runs around a lot and then um, ended up having a bad pretty bad cough but yeah um oh how do you how do you do that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think i think i 
I think partially, if you don't have to, you wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't sign up for this if you didn't financially need to. You know what I mean? Um, um, For me, our business, our business, my business, um, has managed to pull us out from under the poverty line. And, and I feel like I have to say that because some people do it as a hobby. Yeah. And so maybe it seems like a fun hobby. Um, but I work extremely hard mm-hmm. um, because I'm financially motivated to. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that I, that rack, this table, those baskets, like all of this stuff, I bought it $5 at a time. You know, I didn't take out a huge business loan and buy myself a bakery Mm -hmm. for fun as a hobby. Um, I have scraped every dollar for years that I delivered bread on a bicycle while pregnant to get those dollars to buy myself a table, to buy myself each of those baskets, Mm -hmm. to buy this, you know, rack and the oven and any equipment that you see, um, you know, and, and it's amazing because when I was able to buy the equipment, then I'm able to increase the amount of product that I make. And with yeah. baking, the only way to make more money really is to make more product so that the margins, mm-hmm. you know, kind of shift a little bit. Um, well, I, I think that's part of your, obviously that's your story. And that's why totally. I think people have become such huge fans of yours and because they've, <laughs> they've been able to follow this along on Instagram and then and, and totally. see your see your journey you know maybe just from the outside but they, there's this connection that they have to you and I think that's why there's you know lines yeah. around the block and, and I think a lot of people you know some people have followed me for a long time and know that um and some people are come in new mm-hmm. and see oh, she's got, you know, a nice table and a Rothko oven and, you know, how nice. And and I don't think they know how long it took how you to... hard, yeah. how many nights, how many years of nights that I haven't slept to get here mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So, um, what along those lines? What would you say is maybe one of the the biggest misunderstandings of of the cottage food operation or home based bakery? Um, I don't I don't know. I feel like I feel like sometimes people don't understand um, how hard it is to make everything just mm-hmm. from customer perspective. When I sell out and people are disappointed. <laughs> uh, I, I, sometimes I feel like I have to defend myself and say, I didn't sleep. Yeah. There's only so many hours. There's only so much space. There's only so much oven and everything has to go through it. And everything takes a certain amount of time to bake. And I did the most that I could do, you know, to serve, to serve you guys. And so, um, at the end of the day, there's only... There's only so much that you can do yeah. and you have to be okay with that, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a blessing that there's so much demand. Um, but also it's like, oh darn, you didn't make more yeah. of wow. those hand laminated croissants that took three <laughs> days to make. That's the, the other side of having demand is you can't make everybody happy all the time. No. And, and, and as you know, that's 
all that I want to do yeah, is yeah. make everybody happy all the time if I could. <laughs> so, yeah. what what's something you wish you knew about the uh, the cottage bakery um, operation before you started? Oh man, I don't I don't know. I've 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 learned kind of everything as I go. Yeah. Um, what was like? What's one thing that you're like? How did I? Don't, How did I survive? How did I get myself into don't this Don't work on no. your kitchen table. <laughs> I spent two years on this. You can see the height of this table, and you can imagine what it's done to my back. Yeah. Oh. Making bread on... I made bread on this table for a long time. Spend that mm-hmm. few hundred dollars. Prioritize getting a table yeah. that's the right height. I think, I think the thing that people don't know about a cottage bakery is... And I don't know other cottage bakeries except for in mine... Um, Maybe if you have more resources, you can make it perfect. But uh, to me, I was just telling a friend, a cottage bakery is an ergonomic nightmare. <laughs> so many different <laughs> because, levels. <laughs> because the stuff has to be where it has to be. I mean... And it can't be so one purpose, you know. It's gotta right. It's got to also be my family's dining room. It's got to be mm-hmm. our school table. Um, and so... I mean, I go around this corner, and you saw my Rothko's not up on a stand, because if I put it up on a stand, it'd be bumping into that stupid ceiling thing. (laughs) And so, like, that bottom shelf is very low, you know, and so you bend at all these weird angles, you know, you're, like, carrying things weird. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not ideal for your, uh... And just the physical, like, I don't have a mixer. If you had more resources, you could get a mixer um, and not be mixing this much dough by hand. Um, But, you know, at night you're laying in bed dreading getting up and mixing baguettes because baguette dough is so stiff. Oh. And you're mixing. Is that the next thing on your list? Wish list? <sighs> I would love, I would love to get a mixer. Um... I would love to, I need to get a bigger fridge um, because there's a lot of demand for pastry, Mm. but there's not enough space to keep it cold. Um, And you can get away with it in the wintertime, but the summers here are pretty punishing. So if you don't have enough fridge space, you've just got melty butter everywhere. So, yeah. What's your long-term goal for alchemy red company oh my gosh. where do you see this going in maybe 10 years or where do you see yourself in 10 years i have no idea because I, I have a feeling demand's just gonna keep getting bigger <laughs> and you're gonna have to keep growing to meet the demand yeah yeah i was just talking to a friend about that um i love baking and i've had a couple of situations happen um i had this um, wrist injury, I want to say it was two years ago, I fell roller skating on some roller derby <laughs> roller skates that were really fast. And I shattered my, this is my dominant hand, I shattered it, I had, it's had to be put back together with pins. And um, I couldn't even squeeze a clothespin. Um, I had to like learn how to get my hand to work again. And so when that, I mean, before that, I had gotten kind of worn down with my business because mm. you work so hard and you don't sleep. Yeah. And I was like, is this really what I want to do? Um, but when I couldn't, 
do it, mm. all I could think about was how much I wanted to. And that's when wow. I kind of had that realization that it's like, this is it for me. Yeah. This is this is what I want. It, it, taking um, it away from you. Yeah. You never know how yeah. bad you want something until you can't do it. And so it was so... It was so much harder mentally to to get through than I expected, because um, I mean, oh, a broken wrist, no big deal. Yeah. Um, but not being able to mm. use my dominant hand when ninety yeah. percent of my lifestyle is making mm-hmm. things, and I couldn't even hold a knife. You know, I couldn't do anything really, um, and that's when I realized this is this is all I want. This is what I love. Mm. You know, all I can think about is I can't wait to make bread. Um, And so that's when I kind of realized, like, this is it for me. So 10 years from now, I hope I'm still making bread um, and a lot of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I probably won't be able to continue to have a cottage business 10 years from now. Uh Um, But other things that I would like to do... um, is like teach classes. I would love to teach classes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ask me about that, um, especially now that the books come out. Um, so I would love, I would love to be able to um, renovate the mm-hmm. kitchen here, so it'd be more friendly to teaching. You have a great space. I mean, you get a lot of room. It's here. a nice space. Um, I need to redo the floors because the floors are like peeling off in the kitchen. Um, I need, I need a new sink, but. Um, just a few things like that, but I'd like to have a space that people felt, you know, comfortable in that I could teach them how to bake. Cause I think that it's a great tool and I would love to teach, um, um, people who need those resources, how to make food for themselves. Um, cause I think it's a good skill that really like, it really empowered me because not being able to afford necessities can be very disempowering. Mm. Um, but making something yourself is the opposite Mm -hmm. of that. And so, um, I would love to share that with people. Um, and, uh, yes, I would love to do that. I would love to obviously get more equipment so that I can make not a lot more, but enough, um, Brick and mortar, downtown Modesto. Oh gosh, on the table? Um, it's hard. It's hard to imagine um, being able to make enough product to fill up shelves that would last all day. Like it's hard to even imagine something like that, given what I'm dealing with right now. Um, I like. I like it here. Mm-hmm. I like baking here. Um, so I don't know about that. I like I like the hominess of it. Yeah. I like that people feel um, uh, like they can come in color and yeah. they can hang out and they can you know hang out on the porch and um, you know it just feels very like my business is very personal to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's more personal than it is business. Yeah, we brought, honestly, we brought, we brought my kids and. My, my, my 
nine month old just hung out with the other baby in line and my yeah. my two year old went and read books on the carpet yes. in the garden with my yes. wife and yeah, it was so That's, much fun. Yeah, and and um in, yeah. in other any other circumstance, uh, waiting in a long line with a two year old in a I mean, that would have been That's a nightmare. exactly <laughs> I'm very compassionate to that. Like I have young kids as well and so I just wanted to make it feel like a place where it's like it's your house you know what I mean like you guys are welcome here um and in the summertime I do um Thursday evening bread and I do a story time um with the kids and and if I ever had you know a shop I would want it to feel the same way that Mm -hmm. I'm accessible that you know, you get a hug from me, you buy your bread directly from yeah. me. Um, you know, I'm there to read you a story. My, we're here to color with you. And it's like making a space that's yeah. for you. Yeah, it's it, it's easy to see that, you know, how intertwined community is in, to your business. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're, you're downtown, you're, you can, people, lots of people could just walk here. Yeah, um, and and part of my business is that, all my customers know where I live (laughs) and people do drop by. Like it's very much a drop by house because you know, you know that I bake, you know, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday and you know, between a certain time I'm here and there's bread coming out of the oven. And so people will say, Oh, you know, my lemons are ripe on my tree. I just wanted to bring you by some lemons or, you know, people just, Mm -hmm come in and and visit me and I just love it because um baking can be very isolating you're trapped inside you can't Uh go outside (laughs) um and and a lot of our hours are very middle of the night and so that can really take a toll on your social life but luckily for me my business is my social life and so Let's talk about the community aspect a little bit more. What what does community mean to you? Hey, sweet pea. <laughs> mommy, mommy, mommy. Hey, I know that guy. From Instagram. You can get some water. What? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Go fill up the water. It's empty. Nope. You know where it is. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get enough pizza? Yeah. That's one of the things about sourdough. I've always, it's always like made or been so important to me is that like my kids have always loved it. Like it's like the first thing my youngest ate, and my totally. my daughter's so picky, but. She devours sourdough. Yeah. Well, and I hear a lot from customers that have small kids. If they're in that toddler age range, you get a customer for life. So, yeah, those are the most important customers Mm -hmm. are the toddler ones. You got to please them because they will turn their nose up at anything once they've had really, really good bread. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. I love, I love little like when people bring their little ones here I just love it Mm -hmm. so much um and I watch I mean there's people who now I mean I've only been in business like three years but (laughs) there's people who came here when they were pregnant and now they have like a walking kid who says the word bread (laughs) and it makes me like um 
one of my customers brought her little like two-year-old and she said the word bread like for the first time here and I like started crying. <laughs> I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like my heart exploded. I died. It was like so special. I don't know. That means so much yeah. to me. I just, I love my customers. Yeah. Well, and, they, and it's easy to see that they love you and they have, you know, this connection to you and your bread and they keep coming back because, because of this environment that you've created, um, it's just it's all inclusive and yes it's this you know good delicious wholesome food is at the center of it and it just kind of radiates outward from there totally totally um yeah so that those you know that's kind of your your customers and as far as you know, that side of community um maybe going a circle outward towards like um the baking community, or what have your interactions been like with fellow bakers? Oh my gosh, I love the baking community on Instagram. People have been so um, encouraging, and even people who are like professionals who are like working at the highest level, and you know they don't mind following me on Instagram mm-hmm. and and leaving me kind comments that my you know, stuff looks good. Um, it's just, I feel like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, that's gotta be encouraging. It is. It's so, it's so like, it really keeps you going at two in the morning when no one else is awake. Mm -hmm. And you know, you look at your phone and one of your baker friends was like, oh, your, you know, your galettes look good, Bon, you know, or whatever. I'm like, Thank you. Well, that's how I feel when <laughs> I see Bonnie liked one of my pictures. <laughs> I can't imagine that I could be one of those one of those people. Yeah, it's like when Maurizio likes your uh-huh. post. You're like, Maurizio, oh my God, <laughs> you liked my post. He's very good, though. He's... He's shout out there out, liking. Shout out to Maurizio. Yeah, shout out to Maurizio. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see somebody who's got like twenty three followers, and it's like Maurizio liked their post. I'm like, dude, you are working hard yeah, out there. Yeah. He is really, he's on it, mm-hmm. and so sweet with his commenters and people who comment on. He must, I mean, he gets thousands of comments and yeah, he just answers he's, all he's of them. He's very engaged with his audience. I know, I know. I can't be like that because I'm already. Um, kind of overwhelmed so I try to at least like heart half of the comments that I get and I don't even get that many um but it's hard to keep up sometimes (laughs) sometimes I try to answer some Mm -hmm. um but yeah I love I love and some of the people I mean some of those people I've been friends with for a long time like Sarah Owens um who wrote the sourdough book um she sent me a loaf of bread when I was pregnant, like years and years and years ago. She shipped it to me in the mail from <laughs> Brooklyn wow. to California, and I think she overnighted it. Wow. Um, and and uh, you know, like Josh Fox um, has sent me a loaf of bread before, or um, I got to meet. Uh, some of my baker friends occasionally um, when they come when they come through California, yeah. um, and it's I mean when it when it's online it's amazing because 
you know that you know that those friendships are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even though you haven't met yet, you just I I feel like it's Instagram is like so honest in a way. I think it gets a lot of flack for yeah making things look better than they are. But I feel like people take pictures of the things that they truly love. Mm-hmm. And you get right to the heart of who a person really is. And, mm-hmm. and those um, people that you have an affinity with, um, every time I've met one of them in real life, it's real. It's mm-hmm. real. It's exactly yeah. how you think they are. I agree. Um, and I just, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of the whole way this podcast got started was just through those interactions that became relationships vis-a-vis Instagram bread yeah. pictures. But yeah, you, you feel like there is this genuine connection. Yeah. And then the rare occasions that you do get to meet them in person, you already feel like you, you're friends and you've been friends for a while. Oh yeah. I call those people my friends, just like I yeah. call them People I know in real life, my <laughs> friends, it's interchangeable. And you interact with them almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just, you know, a comment here and a comment there. But I've been through some really tough times. Mm. And I'll post like an honest post. Mm. Like, man, I'm really dealing yeah. with hard stuff. And I can't tell you sometimes I even saved people's mm. comments. Because I've had some of the most like thoughtful, heartfelt mm conversations and heartwarming um uh encouragement from people on instagram that i've met that i've you know they're in australia or you know in another part of the world but they were there for you you know yeah just the way that a a true friend would be so yeah we have a it's a great sourdough community great baking community out there oh yeah sometimes i wonder i wonder if the the ice cream community or the pizza <laughs> the pizza community is as close as i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure other businesses are very um competitive with each other um but i feel like with bread and i'm sure there's exceptions but i feel like with bread people really come from the heart yeah yeah. There's something about bread, but something about sourdough. It's that... kind of like punk and DIY, but it's also like very salt of the earth. Yeah. So it's kind of like this interesting group of people that are rogue and kind of don't fit <laughs> in, but also people that are very like the craftsmanship is very artistic. So it's kind of like these kind of punk, rogue, artistic, you know, funky hippie kind of people you know Uh and so I feel like it's just like a very generous um type of group Mm -hmm. that I really I like being a part of (laughs) and part of that community are the the farmers and I've I've noticed I've been following you for a while I just started following TNA farms I love I love my wheat farmer yeah Adam He's amazing. He grows uh, heritage wheat about 30 miles away in Winton. Is yeah. that right? California? Yeah. And how did your relationship with him start? Instagram. Instagram. Uh, yeah. And um, I, found, I found him on Instagram. <laughs> um, and I, had, I was already following all the wheat farmers that I could find because it was like this dream that maybe one day somebody would farm something near, near enough to me. Yeah, t- tell me about that because I, I've also looked, I'm like Central Valley, almost all of the land around where 
I live Patterson, Minnesota. It's all nuts. It all used to be wheat <laughs> originally, yeah. but now it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, so I bought myself a, a Como mill with money that I saved up from mm-hmm. last Christmas, you know, all my holiday orders. I saved up all my money and bought myself a mill. Um, and I just thought, I'm going to have a mill. And I was just milling wheat. Um, it was farmed in Montana or something, mm-hmm. but it was wheat berries that I could get in bulk. Um, and I thought this will be an improvement to my bread to just mill my mm-hmm. own flour, um, at least my whole grains. And then if the opportunity arose that I could find somebody, I would have a mill and be ready to mill. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I had followed every wheat farmer that I could find. Um, and I was already following um, Adam and Therese. Because uh, they had some land down in Los Angeles. Um, and then one of his posts was like location tagged Stanislaus I, County, which yeah. is where I live. And I was like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> and so I started harassing him. And he's like, we're growing this, you know, small piece of land with Yakora Rojo and um, some Sonora on it. I'll let you know when we harvest yeah. it. Like it wasn't even harvested yet. So I'm like watching him and he's like he's new to the wheat game too yeah he's a bee pollination scientist Mm -hmm. or something like that and and he he uh i don't know what it's called uh agrarian pollination or something he Mm -hmm. takes big truckloads of bees to farms and stuff um, to the nut farms that used to be yes, wheat farms yes. <laughs> in the Central Valley. Yeah, and all over the place. Sometimes he's in like North Dakota or something, you know. Um, I don't even know what he's doing. But he, um, yeah, so I was following him. So this is it right here in a uh-huh. pile. Um, and so I... I how, many, like, how many pounds did you buy So this year? I bought, well, this, he's... So he knows that I have a space and storage issue, and so he is so kind, and he's like, I'll hold back how much you need for the year and hold on to it for you, and then he lets me buy it in 400-pound okay. increments so that I don't have to s- store 2,000 pounds of wheat in my bungalow. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> so I think there's 400 pounds here, which is this year's harvest, uh-huh. and then it was the previous year I think I bought... 600 pounds. How long will 400 pounds last you? Well, it depends on what I'm doing, how much I'm working, and stuff like that. Um, But it should last me a couple of months. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it was amazing that I got to meet him, and he is the most... He's so funny and so interesting, and he's got all these great stories, and he used to... he worked That in comes the, across on Instagram. Yeah, he worked in the food... Oh, he's even he better in person. Out, yeah. yeah, he's very funny. Um, he's almost like a... Like if Disney made a Pixar movie about a wheat farmer, mm-hmm. and that's what he would look like. Um, and he's got lots I'm, of I, like... You know, because his, his name is... Their, their name is TNA uh-huh. Farms, and I'm like, he either has no clue or he's got a funny sense knows, of humor. <laughs> yeah, and he, w- he would, like, give me nuggets of advice that, like, Wolfgang Puck told to him when he worked at Wolfgang Puck's restaurant or, like, the funniest, I don't That's know. Funny. He's got great 
great kitchen stories and things like this. How's the flour affected your bread? Oh, the from the freshly milled. So, um, yeah, it took me a little bit of getting used to yeah. working with it, but um, now I'm just, I've been doing this for two years, so I can't remember what it was like mm-hmm. before. <laughs> or a year and a half or so. Um, well, I've heard there's a learning curve when it comes to like, yeah, it's very, heritage grains. it's, it's very, um, it's very active. So you have to be on top mm. of, on top of your fermentation, on top of your starter and stuff like that. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm not a bread scientist type of person. I just kind of, you know feel how it feels and deal with it so you know what good bread tastes like and yeah it tastes like good bread like I think and, yeah. <laughs> it tastes good um yeah but the flavor is amazing mm-hmm. so I'm and and just the the fact that in a little town like Modesto that I mean I'm even doing something like this is I mean I I think probably a lot of my customers don't even truly understand what they're getting when they get it that they don't know what Yakora Rojo means they don't know yeah. why it's special or the fact that there's a wheat farmer even in our area and this is locally grown wheat like it's a huge deal mm-hmm. um, and it's I think some of some of it is just the stuff that you just you do it for yourself because mm-hmm. you like it. Yeah. You know, it's not, I didn't change the price of my bread, even though, you know, obviously it's more expensive. Yeah, um, big time. Yeah, by a lot. Um, you know, so it's not like a business tactic. It's more of just, I do what I want because yeah. I want to. And if somebody... Well, it seems to be working. If somebody appreciates it, that, business that, feels, that feels good. Yeah. But, um, but at the end of the day, you want to do it. The right way because you know yeah. that it's right. Well, you don't have to be a scientist or, you know, uh, <laughs> to know what good bread tastes like. No. And, and I think people can appreciate that no yeah. matter what. I just don't want you to get any advice from me about working with freshly milled whole grains <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing well. my best. I think you're being humble. <laughs> you think you know. I think know, you know a lot okay, more. Okay, I know. <laughs> I know a little bit, but not anything that you could put on the record. <laughs> Don't try this at home. <laughs> I think you know enough to write a book. And oh, that's true. <laughs> a little segue there into <laughs> your recently released oh book, uh, "Bread Baking for Beginners." Uh, tell us about that. How did that come about? True. Um, so. Yeah, I wasn't thinking last year, like, oh, gee, I don't have anything going on. I'll probably write a book this year. Um, What (laughs) happened was I got a surprise email in my inbox um, that said the subject line was possible book deal. (laughs) you got to open that email. (laughs) I almost did. Okay, I told my husband, I'm like, this has got to be spam. And he's like, just see. I'm like, this is going to you know, infect my laptop. Um, in fact, it did not. 
uh, was not spam. That was real. Um, and so what that publisher was doing was they wanted to put out a bread baking book mm-hmm. and they were shopping for an author. Uh-huh. And I was what they ended up with. How did they find you? They found me. Um, I asked them that. Um, they found me. So I had done an article. Uh, Catherine from the Bread Bakers Guild was so kind to ask me to do an article in the Bread Bakers Guild. And that was so, such an amazing opportunity for me. I, I can't say enough how much I appreciated it because um, I don't consider myself a professional baker um we've had yeah right right (laughs) you sell bread that people line up for that's uh, around the block that's true um but yeah (laughs) but but i mean the level of the people in the guild that go to the bread olympics you know i'm not on that level i'm not professionally trained um i've never worked in a bakery um, and I've kind of been winging it this whole time, hope, kind of. And so, um, anyways, I really appreciated that. But um, they saw I I I posted I I wrote that article for the Bread Bakers Guild. But the only people who could read it was other bread bakers, mm-hmm. who are members of the guild, who mm-hmm. get the Bread Bakers Guild magazine. And my customer base really wanted to read it. Mm. So I re I I just copied and pasted it onto my blog with pictures and everything. And I I have a blog. It's not very well taken care of, but I used to post on my blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a bunch of posts on there about community and um, baking. There's like a soup recipe, a um, bunch of random things. And so anyway, so they were looking for um, somebody to write this book. And apparently they came across my my blog and saw the article that I had written for the Bread Bakers uh-huh. Guild. And so I think it made me look very legitimate. Um, Which you are, <laughs> by the way. It made me look so legit that they let me write a bread book. Um, and, and I... I I had to grapple with the fact that I didn't feel qualified to write a bread book and what will everybody in the baking community that's more experienced than me say about the gall that I have to write <laughs> no. a bread book. But the more that I thought about it, the more I realized how much I had taught myself yeah. through all this trial and error that I've been doing and what... If I'm writing to me from eight years ago, what mm-hmm. would I wish yeah. that someone had told me? Hey, weigh your freaking ingredients, mm-hmm. you dork. Mm-hmm. The temperature of your water matters. It took me forever to figure that out because that wasn't in any of the books that mm-hmm. I had. Um, and and so many things. Well, you're, yeah, you're really the perfect person to write a book. For those reasons. So, so, yeah. So there was some information that I had gleaned. And I also realized that I was a person who taught myself to cook and bake from books. And there was information that I needed that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the whole turning on your pan and getting it hot thing. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote it in the way that you have never even, you don't even understand what bread is made of. 
which you'd be surprised how many people don't. Yeah. Um, I think we get kind of insulated in our community that we all know that bread's supposed to have an ear and, you know, like <laughs> yeah. all these little things um, that we know that most people don't mm-hmm. know that stuff. I have to, you know, I explain stuff to my customers all the time. Like, what's lamination? Yeah. What's... Oh, the bread's supposed to be full of air? Like, yeah. Well, um, education is a huge part I've learned of artisan bread baking, and, yeah. and especially as a baker. Educating your customer. Uh-huh. And also, um, you know, a lot of people will say, is this vegan? And I go, bread should, it's flour, water, and salt, yeah. you know? Um, but people don't even know what the ingredient, yeah. like step one, here's the ingredients of bread. Uh-huh. Um, it's so interesting that today in 2018, you really have to go back to square one, like, yes. You know, Bread yes. is made of yes. This, this, here yeah. are the here are the here's the 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 list of ingredients, um, yeah. And so and also that just the basic concept that you can take dough and do a bunch of different things with it. You don't have to make a different dough for every like if you're a beginning baker, you could take a dough and make it into a loaf or stretch it out into a pizza or turn it into a stick or, you know, stretch it out into a focaccia. And you don't have to make 16 different kinds of things. I mean, eventually you'll get there, but you can start out and make a bunch of different things with this very, very basic, you know, simple recipe. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of... Um, where I ended up with the book was kind of just trying to talk to me um, and the things that I didn't understand, um, you know, eight years ago or so. And so it's like, okay, here's what we're doing, you know, and it's very um, hand-holdy. Yeah. Which is good for for a beginner, yeah. When it came down to, like, putting words on paper... Or on the computer, <laughs> yeah. what, what was the writing process like for you? What was the writing process like? Um, yeah, so I had taught a friend how to make bread, um, a couple of friends, and so that kind of gave me um, the feeling that, oh yeah, I could teach somebody this, because look, I taught my friend this, and she has a successful you know, home baking practice that she has continued all these years um, later since I taught her and showed her kind of the basics. So I kind of just like imagined in my mind that I'm sitting at the table next to my friend, um, my friend Jennifer or my friend April or another of my friends. And I'm like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. You know, was it hard to put like 500 words down a night or, or how did, you know, so they had an outline of what they wanted and deadlines, um, that I needed to accommodate. But yeah, that part of that is that was so difficult this year was that, um, I have three kids inside my house. (laughs) Um, and so I would finish my work day, which is homeschooling my kids and, um, fulfilling my subscriptions and my husband would get home from work and it would be 4.30 p.m. And you just want to, like, eat dinner and sit down. I'd be like, okay, I'd pack up my laptop and go sit at the local coffee shop mm-hmm. so I could sit somewhere quiet or go to the library. Yeah. Or 
um, go somewhere where I could sit and work. And I would work until, you know, 10 o'clock at night when the coffee shop would close. And then I'd come home and I'd still have more stuff to do, you know, and editing and, um, yeah. So, um, it was definitely, I mean, it kind of took over my whole life for this whole year. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to read it. I just, uh, booked it on the Stanislaus <laughs> County Library. And oh my gosh! On the way to they Patterson just they and... just got it in stock because my friend works at the library and sent me a picture of them like putting the um the call number uh-huh, or I saw whatever. That clip, yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. the li-. like I can't believe that. I mean, who would have thought eight <laughs> years ago when I'm checking out, you know, crust and crumb at the library mm-hmm. that someday I'm going to have a book on that same shelf. Like you, there's, there's no way, That's, you know, I still, yeah. do, it's, I still don't believe it. I still don't actually believe <laughs> it. Um, it's, it's absolutely nuts to me. It hasn't really sunk in <laughs> quite yet. <laughs> well, you you know, you have a lot of information that you've learned the hard way, and That's for sure. and I think a lot of people are gonna learn so much from reading your book, and um, or at least get started, and then yeah. move on to you know <laughs> something more exactly. advanced. But it'll get you in the kitchen without terrifying you, <laughs> um, and you can flop out a few decent loaves, and then you know move on to. Yeah. A tartine or librea or whatever you know sourdough. well that's the thing about sourdough is it there's always another level to it it seems like there's always something to learn there's always totally. a question totally so i put a question out on on instagram i'm going to be talking with bonnie tomorrow <laughs> what is something you guys would ask if you had the opportunity and i got a lot of responses you know half of them weren't really questions they were more like uh Tell her out, I said of, hi. No, out of the kitchen, uh, she says, you know, she's an inspiration. Uh, when people ask me what my goals are as a baker, I just point them to her. Oh, my gosh. Who said that? <laughs> out of the kitchen. Uh, and then Antigua Artisan says, oh, are you a I sourdough angel? So not, not the time. <laughs> Half of them were those types of responses, uh, which I wanted to share with you. But I did get a couple questions. Do you mind answering a couple I'd of questions? I'd love to. If hopefully, if I have, yes, I'll try. Yeah, <laughs> so Chris Lim, um, one of my my bread bros um, on Instagram, he says he asks, "What is the most satisfi- satisfying part of your job?" Oh my gosh! Um, if you could name one, if I have if I have a good bake. Um, Probably, so the last thing that I bake is usually my baguettes. And baguettes are were probably the hardest for me to learn um, and, and took the most practice and repetition. I, I, I don't know why they're so hard. I just feel like baguettes are really hard. Or maybe it's just me. Um, I haven't even attempted yet. Yeah. Uh, shaping them is a little bit difficult. It's a lot of handwork. I don't know. Something about getting my baguettes just right. It took me so long that when I make good baguettes and it's the last thing and all the bread is piled up and the rack is full and there's pastries and cookies and bread everywhere and I pull out the baguettes and 
and the sun has come up and the baguettes are like shining in the golden, you know, light. That's, that's it for me. (laughs) I mean, I'm good. I feel if, um, like the customers and interacting with my community fulfills like a different part of my heart, um, that I need, but for me, my own satisfaction with my hard work Mm -hmm. and knowing that I did the best that I could do. I worked extremely hard. I've accumulated years of practice and this is the accumulation of all of that is that I've successfully and, and people are going to take them home and eat them and they're gone by tonight. Um, (laughs) you know, so it doesn't really matter, but it matters to me. Um, and, and they're straight and they're beautiful and my cuts opened up right. And, and I had the right amount of steam and the color is nice. I mean, that doesn't happen for me every time. But it know? never gets old when it but does it happen. But it never get it will never get old to me. I can't imagine ever lining up baguettes in the morning sun and being like, eh. I mean, it's always like, oh, I've done this. I've done this. You know, I made it through the whole night. You know, everything hopefully has come out the way that I want. And, and the baguettes did what I wanted them to do. I... I made that happen, you know, mm-hmm. of my own self. Yeah. Um, that's the best feeling to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other question, and this was actually one of my questions, but Ooh. someone, uh, Undivided Focus is her uh, Instagram name. Oh, I says, think I've seen that pop up before. Yeah, she says, what advice do you have for starting a a cottage bakery related to my question? Yeah. It was, you know, what advice would you have for someone who has been thinking about taking their baking to the next level and is considering obtaining a cottage food license? So, um, I would say before, before you put out the money and think about what's my logo going to look like, what's my name of my business going to be all this type of stuff. That stuff is all nice, Mm -hmm. Um, but the first, first, first step should be connecting with your community. Does anybody want your bread? (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying that in a condescending way. It's more of like... Is there a market? That's a good thing to consider, but it's more... it's It's not about having, you know, the best logo or the best packaging or the best name or the best website or all of that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, the heart of your business is the people. Mm. The people that patronize your business is the most important part of your business. So make connections with people first. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, post pictures of your bread, hopefully online Mm -hmm. and, and start to build those connections and, and share it with people and, and, and see if they like it and ask them if they like it and how do you like it? Mm -hmm. Do you like the crust really dark like this? You know, do you like, um, what kind of flavors do you like? How do you use your bread? How do you like to eat your bread? What day and time is a good time for you to get bread? Like really connect with the people that are going to be the heart and soul of your business. Because if you've got all the equipment and you've got all the, you know, the, the best flour and the best 
bags and the best stuff, but you haven't connected with the people. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the most important Mm -hmm. first step. Um, And I don't do as much... Now it's all here. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I first started, like, I was on my bike. I was going out there. How easy... Yeah. Can I make it for somebody to try my bread? Don't even leave your house. I'll bring it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, make, can you make it as easy as possible for them to try it? Mm-hmm. Um, educate them on what it is and why it's special. Um, and go out and do um, stuff in your community, you know. Um, I would, I would take my bread to, like, little craft fairs and potlucks and picnics in the park and you know anything that you can think of where you can go out and meet with your friends and that extended you know that extended group and Facebook is amazing Mm -hmm. for that because um whenever somebody you know likes something everybody else can see it and that's so helpful Uh for growing a tiny business um and so I would just you know, bake my four loaves of bread and tag those four people in the mm-hmm. picture of their bread yeah. and their friends would see the picture yeah. and you would reach, you know, you don't need to reach random people. It's, you know, like a growing bubble yeah. of, you know, your friend base and your family and your community that surrounds that. But it's, it's, something you need to have laid the groundwork for before you just totally totally because and and that's the other thing is supporting other small businesses supporting other small artists um if you know i was always out at the farmer's market um i've made making friends with mm-hmm. you know other crafts persons um always using other small businesses for the the needs that I have for my business, collaborating with other mm-hmm. small businesses. Um, if you haven't gone out there and supported small businesses and then you go support my small business, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the whole point of community. Community yeah. isn't everybody come do something for me. Yeah. The reason why people are so giving and so enthusiastic is partially because we've yeah. supported each other for years. Yeah. And um, that's easy to see the ways that you've poured into your community here in Modesto. Totally. Your Instagram. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So I would say, are you out there at the farmer's market? Do you know the name of the person that grows your nuts and, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, makes, you know, makes your bouquets mm-hmm. and because um, those are going to be your partners. Those are going to be the people who you've supported them, so they want to tell their customer base about you. Like I was telling my friend, like um, I wake up in the morning and wash my face with soap that my friend made. I pour myself a cup of coffee that's coffee roasted by someone that I know. Um, every step of my day is built around the people that live here. That's, um, that's unique. That's special. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the best way to even feel get good started. to like have that personal connection throughout the day to absolutely, so many people. Absolutely. It's, I mean, that's my heart and soul mm-hmm. is that, you know, someone brought me, you know, a bag of lemons or, you know, the honey, I know where the honey came from. I know where the jam on my toast came mm-hmm. from. Like, those are the people that I know. They support my business. I support their 
their ventures and it's like a huge collaborative effort and that, and I feel like that step one is not you know what's my menu what's my prices what's my um that kind of stuff it's um you know laying the groundwork within your community yeah. um to create kind of a web of support I think that's really important so we are going way over the time I told you we, we would go. That's okay. Um, but I did want to give you a chance to kind of talk about maybe something that's coming up with Alchemy Bread, any projects or anything um, you want people to know about. Oh, man. Um, nope, I'm just going to be doing more of this. Oh, I have a book uh, launch um, here in town, um, December 13th at the local art gallery. Great. Um, and it's called, uh, I have a wonderful friend who's an author herself and an amazing poetry writer. And she created this event called the Writer Studio, um, which is at our local trichromatic art gallery. Um, and so she, asked me to be uh, next month's guest at the Writer's Studio. Is there a website for the Writer's Studio? Uh, they have a Facebook page. Okay. Um, I'll add a link in my show oh, notes. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah, and then if, you know, if they've already liked my business or anything like that, you'll hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be the format that she does it in is like an interview about the writing process and the the topic on the topic of the book mm-hmm. um i think i'm going to end up fielding some baking questions um which people have lots of yeah. and then i'll um have some books for sale or people can bring their books um for me to sign and as some people wanted to give them as christmas gifts mm-hmm. um yeah and then my friend's making a cake great so there'll be cake i'm gonna make a bunch of bread for like the charcuterie table Fine. so eat free bread um bring your bread question <laughs> <laughs> and come to uh the book launch yeah yeah well maybe i'll come then yeah <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well you've been super gracious real quick how can people connect with you um what are different ways people can oh, find yeah. you so on instagram i'm very active on instagram it's at alchemy bread um, I have a website, alchemybread.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page. If you just type Alchemy Bread into Facebook, you will end up on it. Um, I think that's it. Great. Well, yeah, yeah like I said, I, I feel like I could talk with you for hours <laughs> about your story. Unfortunately, it's... I could also talk for a long time. <laughs> but you've been awake for way too long. You're, I caught you at the end of your Saturday bake. That's true. Um, but I, am, I really appreciate your time, <laughs> and I just really enjoyed talking with you. So thank How you so amazing. much. Yeah, Bonnie. you'll have to cut down a lot of those answers, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thank you. Yeah, it's like when Maurizio likes your post. You're like, Maurizio, oh my God. (laughs)